are now entering the fifth dimension. Welcome, fellow weirdos, to another installment of the Fifth Dimension Podcast. My name is Juan, and over there is our co-host, an expert hater of all things. Hey, 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 wait, 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 what did I say, what did I say, what did I say? Expert hater. Bro, that's master hater to you. Get it right. Oh, expert hater, expert hater. Or no, master hater, master, got it, got it, got it. Master, master hater. Master hater. Master hater. You know, I recognize that I'm leaving myself open for some stuff, but I'll take it off. Whatever. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Oh my gosh. Uh sorry that I, I realize it, but fuck it. <laughs> Master hater. Say it long enough, and I think the audience Say will, get, will enough, catch on. Really. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What's up, you weirdos? Uh Luis here. Um, I'm hoping everyone's doing right. Uh, everything was doing okay, um, and uh, I, I, I hope that everyone's still, um, you know, enjoying our our episodes. And uh, again, I, I think we thank you for listening. Absolutely, yes. We hope that all of our our audience out there, you're doing well. You're doing great. Uh, thank you so much for downloading this episode. Thank you for, so much for listening, for following on Instagram. Make sure to to interact with us. Uh, so, how are things with you? Master hater. How are things in how are things in Texas? <laughs> I'm gonna get shit from you now. I'm gonna get shit from you now, aren't I? Uh, you know what? Let me go back to expert. Just kidding. No, 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 no. Black belt in hating. Is that what you want? Black belt in hating, exactly. No, man. Um, let me just say this, bro. Like right now, things, and I think everybody can fucking uh I think everybody can fucking feel what I'm feeling here. What's that? Or, or feel this sentiment where things are just going, man. For me, going, things are yep. going, you know, one step at a time, one second at a time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for change, you know. I'm hoping for things to change for, uh, you know, for, for the leaf to turn, I guess. Mm. So to speak. The winds uh, of change. But, man, you know what? You know what? I'm hoping for change. And I guess, if, if anything, let's just start with this fucking weather. Uh, let's it has been brutal. Weather to change because it's this heat has been brutal, man. It's yes, brutal. underline. Yes, it's been hot, kind of miserable. Yeah, well, yeah, for us over here in Texas, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm again. I'm just hoping for, I'm hoping for change, something new, uh, you know, something new to happen for me. I guess for me. And uh, like I said, change in weather, and who knows, man? Maybe politically, maybe this state going blue would be nice, right? You know, I keep holding out that Texas will eventually go blue and kick out those these uh, do nothing politicians like Ted Cruz. Uh, Texas, yeah. a, a message, a message for you, Texas, Texas. Hear me out. You all do. You all deserve so much better, uh, and you definitely don't need someone like Ted Cruz running. Uh, being in the Senate. But uh, overall, man, things are good over here in Colorado. You know, the weather has been mild, mostly rainy. The weather has been mild, mostly rainy. Man, shut the <laughs> fuck up, bro. We're over here fucking dying in the heat and over here, you know, mild and rainy. Shut up, man. Shut the fuck up. And really, bro, really? Do nothing politicians? Yeah. Um, How about pot meat kettle, bro? 
What do you mean? You guys in Colorado have fucking Bobo Bobert. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a fair shot. Oh, fair man. shot. Oh, fair no, shot. No, that's different. <laughs> that's different. That's different. Seems like we all have some work to do, man. And, uh, but uh, look, as far as Texas changing uh, politically, I mean, I, I don't have high hopes. There's a reason why Texas is ranked kind of low in education, you know? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, first of all, ouch. I think you're trying to make a case for correlation and causation, no? I mean, you're trying to trying to link a couple things here. I don't want to, man. I really don't want to. You know, I desperately don't want to, but what uh -huh. can what can I say when one is in cowboy country? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> what? You you're coming what? after the cowboy fandom? Really? The cowboy fans? I mean, hey man, look, listen, listen, listen. I'm not coming. I'm not coming after the Cowboy fans. You guys can. He is. He is. Fucking... By the way, he is. He is. You know, I'll give him the middle finger, but I'm not. I'm not attacking this. You know what? No, fuck it. You know, you're right. You're right. You're right. What am I? What am I doing? Listen, we all know someone who is a Cowboys fan, and every season it's the same shit with them. They're gonna make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, apparently. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, these motherfuckers are delusional as fuck. Well, they've been delusional since 1995. Wow. Right? I mean, what, that was the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I think so. so Dang. Uh, uh, so one can only hope that their regular season ends soon. That way we don't <laughs> have to hear them fucking fuck, clapping their fucking mouth. You know Luis, I mean? they, they, would, they would have to mathematically lose six games off jump, like... If they lose six games, they still have a shot at making the playoffs. You'd have to mathematically look at losing seven, eight in a row to guarantee like the earliest exit from the playoffs before even making it. Well, if there is a God. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Well, there is a God. Well, God. That's, all I gotta, well, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> Speaking of another season down, summer is almost over and all the summer blockbusters are just about finished uh, and the superhero films continue to roll because even though we know, right, the, the superhero uh, movies, the real, the, the action-packed ones happen typically in the summer. Um, you had that in Endgame. You had that with other superhero movies. Um, though clearly this summer, there was a true winner and it wasn't a superhero movie. It was Barbie, surprisingly. I know, that's weird. True, the true winner for the summer movies absolutely knocked out all the other movies, kind of just brushed them all aside. Uh, Oppenheimer was a very close second because of the hype and because people wanted to see it. It was more to me, it was like more of a political thr thriller than really a dive into uh, the the into Oppenheimer himself. But uh, mm. I, I like the, uh, the that uh, political thriller aspect of it. Um, but let's also not forget that Marvel. Also had hits with Guardians of the Gal Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, the final Marvel and James Gunn film that they made together, and this is it. After the lukewarm reception of Ant Man, I think uh, Marvel was looking for a win here, and they got it with Volume Three with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, man, it seems like uh, these films were the better rated films of this year so far, right? For the summer, um, my personal favorite was Ant Man. Just because it was really 
quirky and campy and it was funny. And okay. It, it was good to see it's good to see where what what Marvel's trying to do to what what Marvel's trying to present us, right? They're trying oh, to give yeah. us a bigger picture of who the next big bad is going to be in. And I like that. And Guardians 3 was also very good, you know. Um it's not what I expected uh from that movie, you know, from uh, Guardians and it hit me. It hit us different. It was the oh, yeah. emotional ride. Yeah. But uh, which one was your favorite summer movie, man? Oh man, uh, I'd have to. If you're if you're talking to me in a strictly comic book sense, Across the Spider Verse clearly number one for me still. Oh yeah, obviously. Why do I ask? Across the Spider. <laughs> Come on. Oh my god. Across the Spider Verse. Then then Guardians three, uh, then followed by Ant Man, um, in the on the Marvel side. I think. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I think those are great picks, dude. But again, like like we've talked about in the last podcast, it's a shame that DC can't just compete with Marvel. Like you can't say, oh, you know, I, I enjoyed Shazam or, hey, I enjoyed, uh, like, what's it, Black Adam. You can't put these those movies up against Marvel because they just flat out fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And what's funny, right, is that DC had these two movies come out for the summer. And I think their uh, thinking was, let's make some crazy money before we reboot the DCU. And as mm -hmm. we already know, The Flash flopped badly in theaters. Uh, I did actually get to see it on Max, which it got released on streaming. Um, mm -hmm. Probably one of the worst superhero movies I've seen. Um, the only saving grace was Michael Keaton as Bat returning as Batman, which kind of nostalgic, right? I, I, I'm starting to notice a, a, a pattern with Marvel and with DC now. They're, they're really trying to dive into the nostalgia a little bit yeah. um yeah. but sasha kaye as uh carl zorel she killed it chef's kiss absolutely yeah I, I didn't see the flash at all uh but i did see sasha kaye so i mean that i mean that's, there's that uh, <laughs> but like we said before dc has been struggling to keep up some good storyline lines and they've failed to do so time and time again and because of that i kind of just refuse to see anything from them I think it's the WB and DC assume that fans would flock to see the flash because they were wanting to catch a new glimpse of the reboot uh, for the entire DCU. And don't get me wrong. While the movie itself lacked a lot of cohesive storytelling, uh, the, seeing the different versions of Batman and Superman, Superwoman, uh, Supergirl, it was mildly entertaining. I'll, I'll give them that. Okay. Uh, but I did immediately think about their newest release, Blue Beetle, and how it would perform. It would perform. Uh, Blue Beetle. I remember you mentioned this last time too in the other I did. Uh, the other episode. I did. But what's up? What's up with Blue Beetle? Uh, what's up with Blue Beetle, dude? Fill us in with that. Yeah, certainly. So way be way before Blue Beetle was released, the question was posed about both the Flash and Blue Beetle and their place within the DCU. Uh, mm -hmm. James Gunn confirmed that the Flash would be the last breath of the DCEU, which closed that chapter of that universe for good. Then the new DCU, yeah. according to Gunn starts off with Blue Beetle. So that Blue Beetle is the fresh entry into the DCU, uh, closing again the, the chapter of the DCEU forever. Again, there was a, some initial confusion about the, uh, the Beetle, uh, Blue Beetle's place within the DCU or DCEU. Uh, James Gunn finally just confirmed that Blue Beetle is the first entry in the DCU, that they're going to work Blue Beetle in into this new vision. So is uh, Blue Beetle like the Iron Man of the DCU now? Is it the starting point? In a way, yeah. So you're what, precisely what you're alluding to is uh, when Iron Man started the MCU, Blue Beetle is basically their Iron Man, but starting off with a kid that has these uh, magnificent powers. Okay. 
So Blue Beetle has already premiered and it had mixed reactions. Uh, I do want to acknowledge again, Junior, for taking me to see Blue Beetle. He works at Cinemark, so I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. Um, I do have to say, I went in with the to the movie with very, very low expectations, and the bar already set as low as it can go, so floor-level expectations. But after watching it, I will tell you, Luis, the movie surprised me. That good, huh? What did you enjoy? Uh, what did you enjoy about it? I think for a lot of the things that it was displaying, uh, the emphasis on family, the emphasis on culture, uh, about three quarters, halfway, three quarters into the movie, uh, you know, something happens to the family that kind of almost tears it apart. Uh, I, I won't share here uh, what it is. You have to go just see the film, but it's t- it tugged at my heartstrings, man. And uh, seeing representation at that level uh, definitely made me uh, a fan of, of the DC Blue Beetle movie. So it definitely uh, leveled it up for me. Really? Because um, I've seen some reviews on YouTube and other social media sites, and most critics or these self-proclaimed critics say that it's kind of just a, a meh kind of movie, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, many say is uh, it's just what you expect. They're saying it's just like a Spider-Man meets Iron Man type of movie. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I mean, I'll give them that, that it's a mixture of like an Iron Man, Spider-Man vibey film, uh, if you were to compare mm-hmm. it to a Marvel film. Yeah. But my overall impression is this, that the WB and DC have a hit on their hands with Blue Beetle. Damn. You know, I know you're sounding very positive and you're trying to give positive review to this film. I am. I'm trying. Um, but if I if I play if I'm playing devil's advocate here, I think some people would disagree with you uh, wholeheartedly. Right. They would say kind of what we, what we said already. But I think I think most comic book nerds or especially ignorant podcasters would say that uh, they totally disagree with what you're saying. Now, I would ask them why they would disagree, right? Why, why do they yeah. disagree that... Because this movie follows the typical superhero formula, but it's just told in a different way, I think. Even though it follows a formula, it, it, it follows its own little path to, to that. So uh, typical superhero films go A to Z, origin story, and the hero saves the day at the end, right? Somehow yeah. saves, the, saves yeah. the day at the end. But as I scroll through social media and see these reactions from folks that are, that, you know, like you said, they're mixed. Yeah. Uh, some people loved the representation of a Mexican superhero. Count me among them. Uh, yeah. While others, like you said, weren't so impressed. Um, but there is a movie review podcast that you were alluding to that caught the attention of the comic book community at large. And I think that kind of caused a reaction. And kind of, this was the inspiration to kind of start this episode of the podcast too. Yeah. Uh, so these podcasters uh, with a medium-sized but not so diverse group uh, put out a critique on Blue Beetle. Uh, and that critique, um, again, usually when I do listen to critiques, I want to see, I want to hear something legitimate, like what was the gripe? Was it CGI? Was it the story not, co- no, not cohesive? It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I got a different sense of what they were trying to complain about. Okay. Uh, so what was it? I mean... Um, I, I, th- I think, I think, I think these guys, right. Or I think these podcasters, I don't think they're really reviewing shit. Uh, if anything, I think they're just kind of like the voice of toxic nerdum and uh, they just spout some really stupid shit just because they can. Um, I think they are like the worst of nerdum personified. Uh, they're just a bunch of whiny little man babies that can't handle our value inclusivity, man. 
that's what it sounds like overall to me. But uh, I want to hear your take. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look up these podcasters, the video is already titled uh, very, it's very, it's a very racist title. Uh, so for me, the start of this already has very bigoted vibes. Yeah. 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 I saw that one, you know, I saw the, I see, I think I see, I've seen this podcast, the one you mentioned, and uh, I want to hear the criticisms. I want to hear about the criticisms of Blue Beetle, but uh, I kind of, I want to get the criticisms not only from them, right? But from what you think about what they said. So okay. what did they yeah. say? No, yeah. So a lot of what they say, here's, here's the critique of Blue Beetle, all right? Are you ready to hear the main critique? The main yeah. critique was that this movie has too much culture, apparently. Too much Mexican culture? Too much culture. Yeah, too much Mexican culture in the movie. Uh, is this the toxic comic book community that you were referring to, Luis? From our last podcast, uh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Uh, I think these, this is what I was talking about. They are the, the toxic nerdum uh, manifest in the flesh, right? Um, just hearing you say that their main critique is that it's too much culture makes me feel that this is not a serious critique. Uh, I get the feeling, right. again, that they're just trolling and solely arguing in bad faith, man. I, I think listening to these podcasters make me definitely made me question their motives to attack the Latinx community and the community at large. Uh, yeah. It just it, it feels inauthentic when they talk about, right, like, oh, it's too much culture. I didn't like that they were forcing uh, views of, of Mexican culture on us, like, we were kicking them out like we were the bad guys. So it it seems it seems to me that the that they had Mexican culture on display on the big screen, mm -hmm. and now they're the expert of they're the experts to say what is Mexican and what shouldn't be on the screen. Uh, apparently so. So I mean, I'm, again, dude, I agree with I agree I agree with your point right here that they have a very silly critique, and. And I also agree that uh, I, I also agree to your point. Then why are these clowns willing to say uh, the quiet part out loud? You know, and my guess it's just again clicks and likes. They're yeah, deliberately yeah. saying this. They're deliberately saying these things because that's what's making them popular at the moment. They know there's an audience for this kind of shit, and with today's current and social political climate, they're going to find that audience that they want. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, what a strange thing to attack a film for, right? That's it is. like critiquing what, because they're embracing culture. It just, just doesn't make sense. And because it cannot, it connects with an audience uh, because it's from a different, uh, different culture from your own. That's it, so silly. It's, it's beyond ridiculous. This is a perfect example of hating without a cause. Mm. And that's why mm. it that's why say I it, say it. it takes expert hating, master hating to understand how to hate. So it's, I agree with you. It's, it is incredibly strange, but it's not shocking, right? It's not shocking, especially with their message that they have. Right. I think Blue Beetle was a wonderfully written film that understands the protagonist, understa understands that the protagonist wears culture everywhere he goes. And mm. that's the point, right? If the critique is too much culture, that's the point of the movie. We don't get to stop being Mexican just because we enter an educational or work setting. We yeah. don't get to stop being Mexican just because we enter any sort of space. Culture doesn't stop because we enter anywhere, right? It follows yeah. us. We wear it on our sleeves. We wear it on our hearts. 
for us to be criticized for a film to be criticized of that because you wear your culture with you wherever you go uh that's ridiculous so my message to this to these folks are we don't get to stop being mexican even when a great power is thrust upon us to be greater than we thought we were capable of you know being a superhero we don't stop being mexican yeah man no apologies yeah no hey what you're saying is real as fuck man powerful and real as fuck we can't stop who we are no matter what the space and the sad thing is depending on that's that or said space it could mean life or death for us you know absolutely man uh but part of me thinks again that these podcasters don't actually believe what they're saying you know i see them as keyboard warriors with mics you know they won't <laughs> dare go to a predominantly brown or black community and say this shit out loud because they'll probably get their ass beat you know uh like i said they're fucking just to me they're just charlatans trolls cowards bitches that love to stir the pot just because they can, man. They know that they know that it's going to upset people. Uh, I guess some would call them rage farmers, right? And yeah, the funny yeah, thing yeah. here is like the funny thing here to me is that uh, that's the hot thing right now, right? For these types of for these types that they like to just uh, stir the pot and get people riled up and rage farm for stuff. Uh, but here's the funny thing: instead of farming hate, you know, instead of Instead of farming hate, these punks should get off their lazy asses and farm the fields. You know, how about that? Damn. How about that? Go farm the fucking fields. God knows the fields need needs American hands, right? <laughs> but that's the there's thing, right? Critique. That's the, there's my critique. That's that's the thing. It seems that a person of color or even women, right, for this section of nerddom, whether it's the comic book, tr the comic book uh, backgrounds, the comic book um, uh, storylines. Uh, mm -hmm. That a superhero cannot exist, a person of color or a female superhero act either doesn't mesh well with their idea of what a person of color or a woman superhero looks like. And mm -hmm. so for them, it's it's difficult to reinterpret or to define what a superhero would look like uh, if it were a different person. Right. Yeah. Someone once told me that a lack of uh, they informed me about the lack of representation in a lot of fantasy books. Think Game of Thrones. Think Lord of the Rings, where. The, yeah. per, the, per, the person of color or even women took a back seat to the hero uh, and those heroes were often white. Um, so typically people of color and women in fantasy tropes and superhero tropes usually take the back seat. They're either pawns in a scheme or they're, they're the ones that need saving from this uh, white savior superhero. Um, and you could point to the early times of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where you had the big three, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, all white dudes, yeah. right? That I think that's when Marvel started coming to its senses about diversity and how important that is. Then you got Shang-Chi, then you've got uh, Black Widow, then uh, all, all the other heroes started coming along. Uh, Black Panther, these, these movies are important. It just highlights the fact that these movies and representation is absolutely important, that people of color, women should not be taken a backseat. So these podcasters, to me, fail to point this out and instead try to uphold the status quo of what they think a superhero should look like. I don't know, man. There's no understanding them, in my opinion. They claim, okay, you say, you're saying that they claim, their claim is that, that it's about keeping the source material pure, right? And I'm guessing that's like a pattern or a thing for some, if not most white people, keeping things airy and pure, huh? Yeah. Um, but we know that that's bullshit because look at Blue Beetle, like you just said, 
it, it kept to the source material, right? And yet they're still finding ways to hating to hate on it. It's weird. Absolutely. Blue Beetle, as he exists, was a mantle that was held by a white dude believed to be dead. Uh, the, the source of the power for Blue Beetle is a scarab, uh, this item that gives the protagonist his power. Uh, mm -hmm. So the scarab chooses Jaime Reyes to be the new Blue Beetle, right? It chooses him. Um, yeah. It should be noted that the uh, old Blue Beetle was not chosen, that the old Blue Beetle had to kind of copy the powers of the scarab to kind of use those powers. Um, but yeah, in, in effect, that that previous Blue Beetle mantle was not in fact chosen uh, by the scarab, that the current Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, was chosen by the scarab. So the movie kept to the source material, yet these guys are crying out, no, keep to the source material. Uh, so uh, what the fuck is it then? What, what are they complaining about, man? Um, is it, is it, are they complaining about, uh, I, I wonder if, if what they're complaining about is actually seeing the representation I or, think that's what it is. It bothers them. As we, or as we stated before, are they just fucking just trolls and cowards that argue solely on bad faith, man? Because, uh, I mean, what, what point are they making? If, if one, if they're saying, no, it's about the source material, you guys are getting it wrong. And then Blue Beetle does it like the source material, and yet they're still crying. Uh, so well, then what is it, man? What are they arguing about? And uh, what, what point? Let, let's, let's, let's say this. We know their point. Mm. But what point are you trying to make, man? To me? Yeah. It's abundantly clear that these podcasters are hiding behind the veils of the personality or trait of a nerd. So uh, you've got these gatekeeper nerds that are like, stay to the source. And it has to be, you know, follow follow the, the, the line, the origin story that we've set out. And they're trying to gatekeep, right? Say mm -hmm. that this is the only way to enjoy the comic book uh, superhero. Um. Then second, you've got the film and show review critics who uh, they're, they're doing it, like you said, for clicks, for likes, for interaction, for engagement. They're trying to draw in an audience. And I get that. But there's such a better way to do that. And I get here in just a second. Um, but then you have the third, like it's a particular message of bigotry that yeah. that is the defining slash draw for these podcasters that, that that's what they want. They want to stir up that little controversy uh, say enough racist things, say enough enough bigoted things just so you can get your message out there, which is, um, again, all three draw in this audience and it's behind these links that they push their bigotry and ultimately the bottom line is to grift it, right? To be able to engage their users, yeah. to uh, get, the, get the likes, get the links, go viral by saying some stupid shit. Uh, so selling that ugly message makes money. And I, I'm reminded of comedian Jon Stewart when he says, you know what? You promote and push enough of the good things and the media won't pay attention. But you push enough of the bad things and that'll gain traction. That'll get attention. Um, and it's disgusting. And I think we should always do our part to fight it off. Uh, and I think that's what most of people are doing. And I think it's a, our responsibility as podcasters, as broadcasters, as people who have experienced racism and know what it looks like. Uh, it is our responsibility to call it out. But also... To, and let me let me take be a specific target to this to this uh, message to the podcasters that use hate uh, as a platform. Get cut your mic off, turn it off, go touch grass, get to know people, and stop spreading your stupid ideology. That's it. That's all I got. So your message to them is: uh, do better and be better. Right? Do better. Absolutely. 
do better, be better. We can strive to be better. Well, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, the man. Um, I think there's no better message to say that inclusivity and, um, you know, I think diversity is important. And I, I think just touching over with this, touching over this, uh, this topic, it can get very sensitive and people might get the wrong idea that, oh, well, you guys are just fucking uh, uh, hardcore liberals and all you want is diversity and inclusivity and you guys are just, uh, you know, bleeding heart liberals and bullshit like that. But mm. I think it speaks to the human level about inclusivity, compassion, and diversity, right? Absolutely. Where we would say it's our strength. It is the strength that keeps us going, right, as a country, because we're all over the place here, you know? Yeah. And it, we are who we are because of diversity and inclusivity, while their message is the, to is the polar opposite, where they just want to hate and remain uh what superior to everyone that's the feeling like right like the 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 feeling that uh they want to be on top of or stay on top of and be well represented in every form of media have their voices heard even though we've already heard enough of them right there's yeah. not enough people of color who need to talk there's not we we need to hear from more diverse voices uh in the comic book industry and not just those who uphold the status quo well said, man. Well said. Well, well, fellow weirdos, it's that time again. Um, I just want to remind everybody to realize your realization of reality. Um, let's work on raising our individual levels of consciousness and strive to be aware of who we are, what we are, and why we are uh, as we navigate these moments that pass us by. Again, Realize your realization of reality and raise your levels of consciousness. Be more aware. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists has the doomsday clock currently at 90 seconds to midnight. We should do everything to be a little bit more conscious and aware of each other. Thank you all so much for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe to the Fifth Dimension Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is Fernando Rivas and Jose Rivas, consultants. Luis Rivas, script supervisor, music composer and performer, and co-host. Juan Rivas, producer, editor, and co-host. The Fifth Dimension po Podcast is a production of the Authentic Voices Network, LLC.